I'm Selena Sage, and Live Free is for our collective liberation. Namaste and welcome. Today, I'd like to share a story of perfection, actually perfectionism. And I'll start with a story of my own. I have so many. It's really about yesterday when I was recording the podcast. I had opened the windows in my kitchen and here on the island, we don't have screens in the windows. So I was recording and two birds that love to fly into my kitchen flew into the kitchen, started chirping and walking around. You might have been able to hear them in the background and completely knocked off my concentration. There was a point in the podcast where I said something and after I said it, I knew it made no sense. (laughs) And I just had a long pause as I tried to regather my thoughts. But the perfectionist in me wanted to start all over again and just delete that episode. All for that moment of confusion and pausing and lack of concentration. I decided not to. decided to go ahead and share it because it felt that I still was able to communicate the main message that I wanted to get across. But this show is all live, no edits, and so it creates sometimes a feeling of pressure. I want to get everything right, and I want to communicate a message that will hopefully inspire and be impactful, but there are times when I'm sure I say things that don't make sense (laughs) and I lose track of um, what I'm saying and this is all normal. Part of doing the show on a daily basis is that it helps me to release some of that perfectionism and just go with the flow. And I think life is most beautiful when we do that, when we don't get too caught up in perfection because the perfectionism can make it difficult to even begin because we want it to be perfect before we start. And so in writing, I've, I've faced this. I face it now. Where it's like, how do I start? And the best thing I've learned to do is just to start with something and just continue trying to write whatever comes up. And eventually, hopefully, <laughs> some idea will stand out from all of the, all of the mess of the draft And that gives you a thread that you can then continue on. Hmm. So I'd like to also share a story about perfection from a Buddhist monk, (laughs) tongue-tied again, a Buddhist monk named Arjan Brahm, who's actually a a Cambridge graduate who's originally from London. And this is a story that he wrote about in one of his books. So he says... After we purchased the land for our monastery, we were broke. There were no buildings on the land, not even a shed. Those first few weeks, we slept not on beds, but on old doors we had bought cheaply from a salvage yard. We couldn't afford to employ a builder. The materials were expensive enough, so I had to learn how to build how to prepare the foundations, lay concrete and bricks, erect the roof, 
put in the plumbing, the whole lot. I had been a theoretical physicist and high school teacher in lay life, not used to working with my hands. After a few years, I became quite skilled at building, even calling my crew the BBC, Buddhist Building Company. When I started, it was very difficult. It may look easy to lay a brick, a dollop of martyr underneath, a little tap here, a little tap there. But when I began laying bricks, I'd tap one corner down to make it level, and another corner would go up. So I'd tap that corner down, then the brick would move out of line. After I'd nudged it back in line, the first corner would be too high again. Hey, you try it. <laughs> Being a monk, I had patience and as much time as I needed. I made sure every single brick was perfect, no matter how long it took. Eventually, I completed my first brick wall and stood back to admire it. It was only then that I noticed, oh no, I'd missed two bricks. All the other bricks were nicely in line, but these two were inclined at an angle. They looked terrible. They spoiled the whole wall. They ruined it. By then, the cement mortar was too hard for the bricks to be taken out, so I asked the abbot if I could knock down the wall and start over again, or even better, perhaps blow it up. I'd made a mess of it, and I was very embarrassed. The abbot said no, the wall had to stay. When I showed our first visitors around our fledgling monastery, I always tried to avoid taking them past my brick wall. I hated anyone seeing it. Then one day, some three or four months after I finished it, I was walking with a visitor and he saw the wall. That's a nice wall, he casually remarked. Sir, I replied in surprise, have you left your glasses in your car? Are you visually impaired? Can't you see those two bad bricks which spoil the whole wall? What he said next changed my whole view of the wall, of myself, and of many other aspects of life. He said, yes, I can see those two bad bricks, but I can see the 998 good bricks as well. I was stunned. For the first time in over three months, I could see other bricks in that wall apart from the two mistakes. Above, below, to the left, and to the right of the bad bricks were good bricks, perfect bricks. Moreover, the perfect bricks were many, many more than the two bad bricks. Before, my eyes would focus exclusively on my two mistakes. I was blind to everything else. That was why I couldn't bear looking at that wall or having others see it. That was why I wanted to destroy it. Now I could see the good bricks. The wall didn't look so bad after all. It was, as the visitor had said, a nice brick wall. It's still there now, 20 years later, but I've forgotten exactly where those bad bricks are. I literally cannot see those mistakes anymore. <laughs> In truth, there are many, many more good bricks, perfect bricks, above, below, to the left, and to the right of the faults. But at times, we just can't see them. Instead, every time we look, our eyes focus exclusively on the mistakes. The mistakes are all we see. They're all we think we are. And so we want to destroy them. And sometimes, sadly, 
we do destroy a very nice wall. We've all got our two bad bricks, but the perfect bricks in each one of us are much, much more than the mistakes. Once we see this, things aren't so bad. Not only can we live at peace with ourselves, inclusive of our faults, but we can also enjoy living with others. Hmm. This is really great. And it resonates with me so deeply. I know that in moments of perfection and of viewing things through the lens of perfection, the mistakes stand out so loudly, whether it's of something we feel we've done or created or what we've experienced from another person. Those negatives are glaring. The mistakes are all we see. And we lose sight of the beautiful wall, the other perfect bricks that are there. And I'll focus this discussion on on how we view ourselves, because I think that is the first and most important relationship we all have. But when we view ourselves by seeing only what we feel we've done wrong, or only what we feel has been done wrongly to us, our whole world is colored by that view. It's all we can see. It's just like in that episode yesterday, when I played it back, I was cringing, waiting for the moment when I knew that I'd lost track of what I wanted to say. But in truth, it's so unimportant. Most people probably wouldn't even notice It's like creating a book and finding a typo on the cover, which happened (laughs) with one of my books. And I was tormented by it. I was like, oh, how did I miss that? So small. Other people probably would never notice it. And eventually, I had to just accept and let it go. I was here on the island and couldn't do anything about it and just decided that's what it is one small thing in a sea of hopefully a lot of other good. Where we focus our attention determines our experience. Where we focus our attention determines our experience. So if we focus on what is wrong with ourselves, with what we've done, with what's happened, that becomes our entire experience. We lose sight of all of the wonderful things about ourselves, the wonderful things we've done, the positive impact we've had, and we're just focused on perceived shortcomings that we have of ourselves. And this is a very heavy weight to bear. Just imagine that you have a bag on your back, like a backpack. And every time you think a negative thought about yourself, you put another rock in that bag. Every time you feel you've done something wrong, said something wrong, not been perfect, not shown up as you wanted to, 
not created something to the level that you felt you were capable of doing. You're adding rocks, more rocks into that bag. And as you continue to collect those rocks, of course, the weight gets very heavy. Soon, all you're thinking about is the bag of rocks on your back, but you're not thinking of the rocks. You're thinking of what they represent, all of the mistakes that you feel you've made, all of the times that you felt you were not perfect. And it gets heavy. The beautiful thing is that you can put that bag down. You can empty it out back onto the, the ground. You can be free of it by simply accepting yourself as you are, knowing that you did the best you could at the time with what you had. Your intentions were good, but you were still growing in your level of consciousness. And what you know at this moment may have changed how you would have acted in the past. But it is precisely because of what has happened, of what has happened in the past, that we are at this higher level of consciousness now. So we cannot punish ourselves for those decisions that we made when we knew less. Because that would be a disservice to who we are now. Instead, drop everything and be fresh in this moment. There's a quote I love by the beloved Rumi Sufi poet. And he says, be like melting snow. Wash yourself of yourself. <laughs> be like melting snow. Wash yourself of yourself. What does this mean? It means that melting snow becomes water and washes away. When we think of ourselves too much, <laughs> we become that like dirty, compacted, muddy snow. But in the light of the sun, that all melts. No longer there. We flow. When we're not holding on to this image of who we think we are, we're just fresh in the moment, dropping everything and just being fully present in the experience that we're having and everything that is all around us. We're not holding on to that bag of bricks. We're not holding on to that idea of who we were. We're standing in the light of who we are, what we are. And what we truly are is the awareness of all that has occurred, of all that we think ourselves to be. We have an awareness of that. There's something that is, that is seeing this life play out. And that seeing is us, our true nature. Imagine a screen and a movie that's playing. This movie is playing out, 
but it's happening on this static screen. When the movie stops, the screen is still there. Imagine yourself as that screen itself, where everything in life is just playing out. You're watching the show. It's like on a stage, an actor who is playing out the parts knows that he's not the part he's playing. He's just stepping into that role. When he steps off stage, it's no longer who he was pretending to be on stage. In life, we're just those characters. We're playing out our stories, our ideas of who we think we are. And if we start to suffer that story, the beautiful thing is that it is in our power to write a new story in this moment, to write in a wonderful story, a grand adventure, to live the life of our dreams. It starts with your attention and your belief. So as it relates to perfection, I hope that you will look at that brick wall and see all of the perfect bricks in your life. All of the beautiful things, beautiful experiences, wonderful partnerships and loves and, <laughs> and adventures that you've experienced to live in the beauty of all of those perfect bricks to know that none of us can get it right all of the time. It's just not how it works in this phenomenal world. It's only fitting that in an episode about perfectionism, I've probably stumbled more through words on this episode than others, but I'm gonna let it stay because that is the point. There's beauty in the imperfection. There's a relatability an authenticity that happens. People feel when you're honest, when you're you. And it's a beautiful thing when you're truly yourself because then you know that everyone is loving you for you. You're not the character on the stage. You're just you. You're the screen, too, that's watching it all play out, unaffected by anything that's happening. That is the true opportunity, the recognition of that, is freedom. And of course, that is what I always wish for you. And I thank you so much for being here. Namaste. Namaste.